Welcome back to the Startup Showdown podcast, where we discuss pitching, funding, and scaling startups. Join us as we interview winners, mentors, and judges of the monthly $120,000 pitch competition powered by Panoramic Ventures. We also discuss the latest updates in software, Web3, healthcare tech, fintech, and more. Now sit tight as we interview this week's guests and their journey through entrepreneurship. Lee Cantor here, another episode of Startup Showdown Podcast, and this is going to be a good one. But before we get started, it's important to recognize our sponsor, Panoramic Ventures. Without them, we couldn't be sharing these important stories. Today on Startup Showdown, we have Joe Dupriest with Next Up Ventures. Welcome, Joe. Thanks, Lee. Great to be here. Appreciate it. Well, I'm excited to learn what you're up to. Tell us a little bit about Next Up Ventures. How are you serving folks? So we started Next Up Ventures uh, rightly right before the pandemic. So I've got a, a sports marketing background. I was CMO at Mighty Middle Sports um, and involved in that organization for almost a decade. And so we launched uh, Next Up Ventures initially to make angel investments. I've got two co-founders that I've known for the better part of 15 years, other uh, sports executives throughout the years. Um, you know, the initial thought behind it was sort of facilitating fundraisers. We run demo days. We've since launched a fund. We've got a $5 million early stage fund. And then we also have a complimentary company, Next Up Partners, which is a 1099 network of um, sports executives, um, people handling social media, PR, creative, all of that that we then use to support, not just startups, but especially startups for the model that can get them the resources that they need to, to grow and thrive. So I would imagine that the sports tech... Um is it an industry now? I would imagine it's now kind of its own industry, right? It's a niche unto itself. Yeah, I think so. You know, when we say sports tech, it's a pretty broad term. A lot of times, it's you know really cool tech that has a sports application, but can also be applied to many other industries. Um, but it's it's interesting from the standpoint of sports teams and leagues, which traditionally have trailed the play a bit when it came to whether it was. You know, social media engagements or AR, VR, you know, any of those type things as it would come along, you know, the bigger brands would be first. But you know, as ownership has changed, as the executive teams running these have changed, you know, it's really come to the forefront of how to differentiate themselves, whether it be, you know, fan experience or, you know, digitally, you know, how they engage their their fan bases. Um, it's really become more to the forefront. Right. And then I would layer on top of that all these devices now where you can, you know, like the Whoop device where you can kind to track yourself it seems like the highest level athletes are using devices like that to just maximize their performance exactly i mean it started with you know one of my co-founders actually launched nike plus back in the day you know one of the first ones of that but then you know the iterations on that with connected fitness and then it's really been interesting to you know the various you know different avenues that companies have taken and then you get all these various products and how do you then combine them which is in creating a whole new area of how you know, take all this data and use it so you know more data companies come in complementary and so it's really been a quickly evolving area you know across all the sports yeah it must be exciting for the athletes and for the owners to be um, kind of now at the forefront of this world are, are there other trends you're seeing in this because you know we've talked about a couple things but i would you know you can talk about kind of web three where there's opportunities for a brand to you know insert themselves there and with NFT NFTs and and with the licensing of athletes, it seems like that you know those are other areas that are ripe for sports tech influence. 
Yeah. And I think COVID certainly spurred a lot of it, you know, as you know, there was no live sports. How do you engage? You know, so virtual events, you know, really became big as the sports collectible market began to grow again. The pivot into NFTs, which obviously is only you know, one application with like, you know, sports tech being applied to sports, but a lot of other areas, you know, that was just one that kind of came to the forefront. And then, you know, athletes being able to monetize themselves. You know, you've certainly seen a lot from the PGA Tour and the, and the athletes there and, and some of the issues and, you know, players, you know, the NIL that has now come about, players' ability, you know, in college to monetize their own brand. But then it's, you know, what tools do you have to do that? What platforms or marketplaces do you have? So you've really seen a lot of that, you know, ways for, you know, people other than, you know, just the teams and the leagues and the brands to, to make the money, you know, as opportunities abound for, for everybody. Are you seeing the athlete becoming more sophisticated when it comes to their investing and what they're doing with their money? Absolutely. I mean, you're seeing a lot of, you know, athlete either founded companies, you know, when it's, you know, not just pro athletes, even college athletes, you know, surrounding themselves with more business people, you know, really kind of looking at what's what's in the future for them, you know, planning their own money, their own, you know, what's next. You know, we invest in a company called Starstock, you know, Kevin Durant was an investor in that. Um, there's you know, a number of other, you know, companies that have, have popped up that have, you know, athletes being involved that really have an interest in entrepreneurship. Um, and you've really seen that, especially, you know, in the last couple of years, you know, athletes saying, hey, there's, there's a lot more you know, than just what the on, on the field is. How do I capitalize on that? So now um, what are kind of the investors in this space looking for in terms of their pitches that they're seeing? I mean, it is, you know, I see a lot of really early stage stuff, which, you know, really comes down to kind of who the founder is, you know, and I think the authenticity of it is, a, is there a founder market fit is, is really important, which is where the athlete comes in a lot of times. You know, if you are a, you know, fitness company and you don't have, you know, high profile athletes that believe in what you're doing, you know, that, that really makes it a lot more difficult. So you see a lot of advisory boards, if not founders, you know, with the athletes and combining with the tech teams, but really, really that fit and that vision is, is important. And then, you know, kind of an understanding of knowing what they don't know, um, you know, what, what you see a lot of times in, in sports tech you know, or even sports startups in general is sports fans or, you know, people that don't have other sports backgrounds that may not understand the nuances of sports, being able to surround themselves with the right team and prove that they are the ones to, to solve these issues. You know, it is really important, I think, to investors to see, see that team and, and vision that's been built while understanding that they don't know everything. Now, um, we talked a little bit about this, but the athletes now, they're making so much money. Are they kind of looking to get involved as angel investors and, and getting involved in the investment side of these things to diversify their portfolios? And just because they see, hey, I can leverage my brand to really kind of jumpstart the right, with the right fit. Yeah, I think, yeah, I think there really is. And I think it's, you know, athletes wanting to get involved in more than just the game. And, you know, you see whether it's launching, you know, their own brands and products, it's it's not just putting their name on stuff. It's, you know, what they believe in and things that they can really get involved in day to day and drive value. So now you have that authenticity of finding the athlete with the company that you may not have always had before. There's definitely a diversification piece, um, you know, whether it's, you know, Steph Curry and others, you've seen really get involved in a lot of these spaces and behind companies that they believe in and particularly, you know, founders they believe in, you know, it's, you know, that that's become a big driver of it as well. Um, you know, especially whether it's, you know, the, the social conscious, you know, you know, 
you know, startups, you know, solving real problems and, you know, really going after you know, unique opportunities that, that the athlete sees the value in. You know, it's an investment piece or they want to make a lot of money off of it. And a lot of them have their own funds or investor groups. Um, actually, you know, Baron Davis has, has his own group. They're actually, one of the, the companies that Next Ventures invested in, we met through them, um, went through basketball. Um, but, it, you know, they, they really want to get involved more than just writing a check. It's not just about the money, but you know, obviously you want to you want to make money, but they have the, the financial means to, to really find what's important to them and, and drive that value. So what's the part uh, that excites you the most of these kind of early stage companies and founders of early stage companies? What kind of gets you fired up? I think it's seeing the creativity beside behind finding the solution, seeing the process, you know, that that's really exciting for me. Um, you know, and this was a new area for me. Like I said, I, I was CMO, you know, I actually had an engineering background prior to getting involved in sports, but, you know, startup entrepreneurship is something I always had an interest in, but never was hands on. So it's, it's a great learning experience for me as well to, you know, see the, what founders have succeeded to kind of see them along their journey. They just meeting the founders and, you know, it's, you know, from that standpoint, you know, because that's really what differentiates, you know, one from the next of where they're going to invest in early stage, you know, as great as, you know, the, the hockey stick graphs they all put in their decks are, you know, it's really, you know, meeting the founder and getting to know them and their vision. And, you know, sometimes they maybe this this company isn't going to be right for me. They're going to figure something out. And I've seen that just in the last couple of years, you know, a number of startups that have pivoted in various ways that to, to great success. Um, but, you know, that, you know, the, the founder piece of it is huge, but it's, you know, just the creativity and especially now paired with the openness of you know, teams and leagues and brands to try a lot of this stuff and, you know, create pilot programs and get stuff out into the market that the opportunity, you know, wasn't necessarily there before. It was, you know, definitely a lot harder to find it now. You know, there's, there's that opportunity now and people are capitalizing on it. Now, I would imagine because of your work, you do meet a lot of uh you know, kind of professional athletes that would have an interest in this. Are there, when they're doing a venture, is there maybe some do's and don'ts you would recommend for an athlete that's thinking about um, investing? What are some of the things that are kind of must-have skills and maybe some of the things that are red flag uh, or miss, you know, maybe not even a red flag, but just kind of you got to educate them on like managing their expectations. Yeah, I mean, I think there's a couple of things. You know, one is certainly pairing themselves with somebody that's experienced in this area that's sort of been there and done that and can kind of guide them along the way. You know, so I've seen some interesting, you know, VC or angel partnerships with athletes, you know, and, and going in together. I think that that really helps. Um, you know, the athlete, you know, knowing, you know, similar to the founder, knowing what they don't know, the athlete knowing what they don't know about this space and being open to learning that. So pairing with the right mentor in the investing space is important. And I think it's also just making sure that, you know, if they're looking at startups or founders, making sure that it's, you know, authentic to what they do, their own personal brand, that there's really a there's a fit there because um, it's again if, if it's if an obvious not fit you know that's going to become obvious to investors it's going to be come obvious to potential customers so just really making sure that it fits in with their greater vision of what they want for themselves both now and down the road now in your career when you started out were you always in sports I, I, uh, my vision for myself, well, I guess my assumption for myself, I should say, was that I'd be an engineer. So, you know, growing up, I was always, you know, really good at math and science. So I was, now I'll go to Georgia Tech. I'll be an engineer. You know, went in there as a mechanical engineer, decided about a year later, I don't really want to be a mechanical engineer. But hey, engineering makes sense. I'm already here. Go down the industrial engineering path. I did that. Worked at FedEx for a few years. 
you know, but even then it's like, yeah, I don't know, this is really what I want to do now that I'm into it. You know, it's, you know, what, what you're, you know, what kind of rises to the top of your school grades and, you know, isn't necessarily where you'd be happiest. Um, and so that's where I sort of made it, started making a pivot, which actually started when I was at Georgia Tech. Um, we had a project to talk to somebody in an industry we were interested in. And I, you know, blindly reached out to the assistant uh, general manager of, of the Atlanta Braves, uh, Dean Taylor, you know, the early, or kind of, you know, mid late nineties, you know, I had a conversation there, even when I got the FedEx was, you know, talking to Memphis Redbirds and other companies. And then I went back to business school. My whole concept there was I want to get into sports marketing. I didn't look at anything else besides sports marketing. You know, I didn't get sucked into the big brands or, you know, other, you know, you know, other companies that were recruiting on campus really just focused on that side. And that was, you know, I graduated there in 04, um, landed a job with the Philadelphia Eagles right out of school. And then it's just been kind of bouncing between teams and, you know, kind of up and down I-95 um until i eventually launched this company a, a few years ago but that was you know i kind of had an idea early but it wasn't until i really got to business school and really really kind of got to force the issue and focused on it so like when you were in high school and college you were interested in sports but you never kind of connected the dots at the time that hey maybe i should be pursuing this you're like hey i'm good at math so i'm going to do this engineering thing and play that out Exactly. And then it was much different. If you look at sports in the late 90s, early, you know, even into, you know, up to like 2010, you know, you didn't really see research data analytics departments within sports. And it wasn't really so at the time, you know, early on, it was like you do sports or you do this. There wasn't really a, hey, you do both, you know, and sports wasn't run the same. It is now. If you look at the executive, you know, line on a lot of these teams, you know, it's, you know, it, it's a lot of, you know, people that come from other industries or, you know, it's, you know, it's not built as much around sports fans as you know, it's more and much more like a business than it was, you know, 25 years ago. Um, and so I think that opened the doors a lot, which is also great for me because I was able to leverage when I was at Duke. I did a summer internship with the Durham Bulls uh, AAA team. And, you know, my project was, you know, market research. I built some case studies around their sponsorships. You know, it was a lot of analytics that nobody had done. I ran a regression analysis for a couple of NHL teams around their ticket sales. It was all brand new at the time. So it was easy for me to carve that niche. Um, and it was really an aha of, hey, you know, it's not one or the other. Hey, I can leverage the stuff I'm really good at to get into this. And now, you know, marketing and sales and everything else within sports is very data analytic driven. But back then it wasn't. But I did I kind of hit it at the right time that I was able to leverage the prior life with what is the current. Right. Now it looks like you're the strategic genius that uh, played this exactly right. Yeah, that's, that's <laughs> what I try to say. You know, a little luck in the timing and you know, meeting the right people here and there. And even, you know, when, when I talk about my time at Duke, you know, I landed the, the Eagles job kind of right out. You know, it was kind of right place, right time. But it was also probably my 200th phone call of, you know, <laughs> you know <laughs> marketing here. I, you know, any and everybody I could talk to across sports, you know, I was talking to. And then, you know, the 200th one ended up being the one of, hey, here's a perfect job with a perfect fit with, you know, looking for my exact skill set. You know, knocking enough doors it eventually lands. Now, uh, can you talk a little bit about Startup Showdown, uh, your mentor with them? How did that get on your radar, and uh, what was that experience like for you? Yeah, so um, one of the uh, VPs there, Dustin Dries, so I'm, I'm based in Atlanta, um, as is he. We met through a mutual friend. Um, you know, I was looking 
from mentorship on my own end around, you know, the venture side and raising a fund. And, you know, we, we run our own demo day events as well through, through next up, you know, it's you know, a smaller scale and no, you know, no, you know, investment necessarily from us, but it's, it's you know, I guess more of a, a traditional demo day event. So, you know, he and I were talking and I want to get more and more involved. I want to meet more startups. You know, I'm really enjoying this process. I'm a tech stars mentor as well. So I'd gotten exposed to that. And then, you know, kind of through our conversations, you know, he introduced me to some people on his team, described what it was. I'm like, hey, this is perfect. This is exactly what I want to get more involved in. And it was interesting too, because obviously, you know, Panoramic does a pretty good bit in sports, but, you know, it's much broader. So it was exposure to... The other early stages that aren't necessarily directly in what I do day to day of next up. And so that, that was really appealing to me as well. Um, but yeah, it's, it's been a, a nice process and, you know, I, I really enjoyed it. And um, if you were advising that first time founder, the person that maybe you were mentoring uh, during startup showdown, what, what's kind of a piece of advice that you would say to them in order for them to get the most out of their experience? Yeah, I mean, it, it's listen and be open to feedback, you know, ask, you know, ask questions, you know, but it's, you know, don't take it as, you know, just a pure pitch to your mentor, you know, take, take it as a true mentor opportunity, you know, because there's, there's a number of things that I've seen, you know, kind of taking it back a little bit to sports tech, you know, it seems like there's a few problems that a lot of the startups that, that we talk to and, and work with, you know, one is, you know, it takes too long to find product market fit or realize it's not there. You can spend too money too quickly, or it's understanding the nuances and making sure you got the right team behind you for whatever, you know, whatever industry you're involved in. And so making sure you're able to answer all of that, you know, have a really good story, really tighten it up, you know, bounce it off the mentor, you know, listen as much as you can and dial it in and just be open of, Hey, I know my business inside and out, but I know there's a lot that I don't know and I'm here to learn and you know is just absorb everything and the good thing about it as well you get to you know interact with a lot of different mentors so you're not just taking the advice of one you know you you get a number of different perspectives that can then help you hone your story and hone your pitch and, and really answer a lot of the tough questions that you know you're going to hit when you really go out on on the investment trail and you know try to start raising that money yeah, I, I, to me, that's the kind of the art form of being a startup founder is threading the needle between, you know, having the confidence to do something this hard and also having the vulnerability and humility to listen to other people. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it's, you know, you, you see a lot of difference, you know, early on. I mean, you see, you know, some startups that, you know, they basically think that they're doing me a favor by, you know, pitching me and, you know, engaging with me, you know, whereas a lot of the others, like they really want the mentorship. They really want to absorb and learn. And those are the ones that are ultimately going to be successful because, you know, odds are your exact business model now is probably not the one that's going to be successful. There'll probably be some derivative of that of things that you're going to learn throughout this process. So as much as you can start learning and avoid, you know, getting quicker to market, not burning through money, because it's, it's really easy to do if you're going down the wrong path to run out of money before you fix it. So, you know, as much as you're able to, to do that. And, you know, I would take that same philosophy with who you take money from. You know, it's it, people that write it, you know, checks are great, but, you know, people that were really invested in your business are going to want to help you and mentor you along the way there. And, because you don't want, you know, mentorship shouldn't be just a one-time, you know, conversation. You know, you need to these mentors that are really going to kind of guide you along the way and be engaged with you. Amen to that. Well, um, Joe, if somebody wants to learn more about next up, either ventures or partners, uh, what are the coordinates? Yeah. Um, Joe at nextupventures.net, Um, and you can reach out to me there. You know, if there's any interest, you know, across the venture 
side and our demo day events or, you know, our advisory and consulting or hey, if you just want to have a conversation, you know, always looking to, you know, open to talk to startups, open to talk to other investors, just open to people interested in, you know, the sports tech space as well. So, yeah, Joe at nextupventures.net. At the website? Uh, nextuppartners.com. All right, Joe. Well, thank you so much for sharing your story today. You're doing important work and we appreciate you. I appreciate it. Thanks for the time. All right, this is Lee Cantor. We'll see you all next time on Startup Showdown. As always, thanks for joining us. And don't forget to follow and subscribe to the Startup Showdown podcast so you get the latest episode as it drops wherever you listen to podcasts. To learn more and apply to our next Startup Showdown pitch competition, visit showdown.vc. That's showdown.vc. All right, that's all for this week. Goodbye for now. Goodbye for now.